Steph and I learned really early on that the way we could succeed faster and, and do better as a team is just like through humility. Like we know um, our goal is to just hire people who are way better than us um, in the things that they do. That is the voice of a way founder and CEO, Jennifer Rubio, and she'll be giving us some insights on how you can move to the United States from the Philippines, drop out of college, and then successfully start your own company to become worth over $100 million. That's all ahead on today's Super U Podcast. So let's go, go, go. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are I have hard. a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast, brought to you by Amazon Prime. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. This is a podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. Or simply put, we're all superheroes. We just need the courage to wear the cape, which is the point of this entire podcast. It's to show you how successful people achieve their success, but most importantly, to show you their failures along the way. I think by showing that everyone fails multiple times, these very successful people are not overnight successes. Or I love the way that Tom Hanks puts it. Check out his Super U podcast. That's right, Tom Hanks. Check out that Super U podcast. He says, yeah, I was an overnight success. It's just that that night was 20 years long. It's a never-ending process, I think, of examining where you are uh, in life as a human being uh, and then transposing that so it's going to be reflected in your work somehow. So while many of you are familiar with Tom Hanks, you might not be familiar with Jennifer Rubio. So Jennifer Rubio, just some fun facts, some quick background on her. She is an American businesswoman. She's the co-founder, president, and CEO of Away. If you're not familiar with Away, it's a luggage manufacturer and retailer. And she also in the past served as the head of social media at Warby Parker, the glasses company that you can buy your glasses online, and also the global director of innovation at fashion company All Saints. Now Rubio, as previously mentioned was born in the Philippines and she moved to New Jersey when she was seven years old. She grew up traveling and lived in seven cities on three continents. And now when she was young, Rubio bought a lemonade stand. A lot of entrepreneurs start off selling lemonade. I started selling off marigold seeds and then selling advertisements in my magazine for basketball, Swish Magazine. Uh, she st- bought this lemonade stand from another child who lived on her street for 20 bucks, uh, which she borrowed that 20 bucks from her father. And she called that her first merger and acquisition. So Rubio later went on to attend college at Penn State University. We are Penn State. Go Big Ten. Where she pursued a supply chain management major. She was placed at Johnson & Johnson as part of Penn State's co-op program. Uh, But after discovering her desire to be a businesswoman, Rubio dropped out of Penn State. Just a few credits shy of graduating. This is a pattern we see with a lot of the folks that we highlight on the show, whether that's Mark Zuckerberg, whether that's Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, is once they see this light, this passion, even though they're a few credits shy, let's say, at Penn State from graduating, she's like, nope, I got to go. I got to pursue this passion. I'm all in. So in order to pursue that, a full-time role at Neutrogena, she went all in on that role. And that's a job that she has a co-op at Penn State. She said, nope, this is my passion. 
I'm going all in. Then in 2011, she was recruited to join Warby Parker. Then after Warby Parker, as previously mentioned, she went to the clothing brand All Saints. And during that time, she also taught social media as an adjunct professor at Miami Ad School. She's been a guest lecturer at Hyper Island. Hyper Island, if those not familiar with it, uh, when I worked at Education First, EF Education, they're headquartered. And so Hyper Island, I went there and Hyper Island is literally this school on an island that's doing things radically different, right? They're just thinking of new ways to use media to get promote brands. And so I went to Hyper Island. It's a really cool school there. And they've expanded beyond many locations around the world now. But the first one is actually literally this tiny island, a school. On a, I think it's an old prison, actually. An old prison on an island. And it's called Hyper Island just outside of Stockholm. So a very unique place. But Ruby also, she lectured at New York NYU, Wharton School at obviously University of Pennsylvania, Northwestern University, go Wildcats. I'm a professor up there for digital leadership. And she's also lectured at Harvard University. Now on a personal note, Rubio in May of 2020 married Slack CEO Stuart Butterfield. I find her background completely incredible and amazing. What a journey to get Philippines. Uh, For those playing the height game, she's actually five feet, 10 inches, so quite tall. But she comes to the Philippines, then she drops out of Penn State, she pursues her passion. She goes works social media for Warby Parker, then All Saints, and then she gets the idea to start Away, a luggage company. So very fascinating. But some of the quick facts, she's currently 32 years old. Her birthday is August 19th, and her estimated net worth is $130 million. So aside from the $130 million net worth, I think a lot of us can identify with her, with her background. There's some struggles in there. There's some changes. There's some adjustments, which I'm sure was not easy for her. So without further ado, I'd love to get insights from her on her journey, which is a fascinating one. And I think a lot of us can learn from that and get that courage to wear the cape. Because again, we're all those superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. Now, Jennifer, the idea of a way fascinates me because it's not necessarily a new idea. There's For hundreds of years, there's luggage companies. These are major companies. We think about Samsonite. Uh, it, it always makes me laugh when I say the word Samsonite because it always reminds me of the Dumb and Dumber scene. We're like, what's your last name? Samsonite. But anyways, there's a lot of established players with deep pockets. So walk me through why such a difficult industry to break into. So the idea came from a broken suitcase. Um, I was traveling. My bag exploded in Zurich Airport. It's quite embarrassing. <laughs> um, and when I got home, I asked my very stylish, very well-traveled group of friends for a recommendation. Um, and these are, I've literally the most annoying friends. They have recommendations for everything. Um, and nobody had one. I think, you know, every people who were on planes every single week they're like, oh, I actually don't know what brand I have. Or um, or they're like, I, I got this as a gift or as a hand-me-down from my mother. Um, and it really got me thinking about how just in the luggage landscape, everything was either super expensive um, and not very practical or more affordable, but you knew it was going to break. Um, and I chatted with, with Steph, who's now my co-founder, about it. And we also realized that there was a gap in the market for a travel brand that really thinks about travel the way all of us in this room do. Um, and, and a travel brand that cares about experiences and not just the actual product itself. So I think those two things, thinking about the gap in the market for a specific product and then the brand that didn't exist really led us to create a way to what it is today. 
Now, a lot of the folks we have on this podcast, they agree that success is a team sport, but it's becoming harder and harder to find this talent. Talent acquisition is a new skill set. So walk us through your approach to getting the right people on the team. Steph and I learned really early on that the way we could succeed faster and, and do better as a team is just like through humility. Like we know um, our goal is to just hire people who are way better than us um, in the things that they do. Um, and I, I think, you know, that that's a huge part of, of our culture. Like, we hire people who are experts at what they do. Um, for example, our, like, our team that works on content and influencers, I think rivals any influencer agency out there, but they just get to work on our brand the whole time. Um, and, and because of that, we've just built these, like, amazing pockets of, like, really deep talent in, in the organization, and we just, like, empower them to, to run with it. And I think, um, you know, people talk a lot about empowerment in internal cultures, but for us, um, we don't want someone to start it away and say, like, okay, what do you want me to do? We want them to be telling us what we should be doing in their field, and, and we've done that from the beginning. Now, we get the right people on the team. We think about teammates in business, or we think about family members, we think about friends. It's not all smooth sailing. That's all about that relationship building. There's bumps in the road. There's choppy water. There's tidal waves. Sometimes there's tsunamis. How do we deal and resolve those disagreements, that conflict? When it was just the two of us, it was easy because I had the things that I was like an expert at and she had her things. So if, um, if there was like a big decision in any of those departments, the, the person in charge of it just got to make the decision. Um, as the company grows... Um, Obviously, people bring a lot of different perspectives to the table. And the way Steph always explains it is, um, like, we're all smart people with the same goal. And that goal is to, like, do whatever is in the best interest of the company. So she has this thing where literally nobody leaves the room until they agree. And it's because, like, in practice, it's really tiring. But um, in theory, if you think about it, it's, like, the, the only reason that two people are disagreeing is because they have a different set of information. So everyone just puts all their information on the table. Um, and it's like, it's worked every time. I mean, it's, when she first explained it to me, I was like, are you joking? Um, but it works and I think people have, um, people have walked out of rooms at a way just with a completely different perspective than, than when they came in. Again, I can't let this go, but we, we're talking about an established industry. How do you break through? How do you make sure that your product is superior to these products and brands that have been there in some cases for hundreds of years? You can design with, with the most research and the best intentions. And, and you, know, you think you really know what's good for your customer, but it's really all about perception. And if they don't perceive um, what you've designed um, in, in the way that you designed for it, then it does. It really does not matter. So, uh, so for example, when we were um, when we were designing the shell of our hard shell suitcase, um, you know, we worked with with polycarbonate, which is literally the material that, um, that like fighter jets are made made out of. It's like super lightweight. It's indestructible. Perfect. We knew we wanted to design it um, to have like a little bit of give, so that even though it's a hard shell suitcase. People could still pack their clothes inside. We also knew that um, if we made it like really hard, it was more susceptible to cracking if like a baggage handler threw it on the ground. Um, so we had all these insights. We like thought we knew what was best, and and we designed um, this shell that had like a lot of give. It was like it was like really flexible. And then we um, 
we tested it with a focus group, and they're like, oh, this feels cheap and it's flimsy. And we're like, this is literally the most expensive thing we could have done. Um, I was like, what do you mean? And I think it just goes to show, I mean, it's like, and, you know, we're not going to, we're lucky that, you know, we had that group and, and we were doing that research. If we had gone out to the market with that, um, we're not there to explain to every customer as much as we want to be. Like, we can't explain to every customer the thinking and, um, and the intention and the design behind what they perceive as like cheap material is actually super expensive and took a really long time. <laughs> now I do for, for what I do, I do a ton of traveling. I was just in Saudi Arabia, Toronto. I've been in 56 countries. I'm traveling domestically all the time, city to city hopping. So all of us love to travel. So in your mind, it's like, I love to travel, but we don't like the process or the companies involved often to get us to where we need to go. It's, it's kind of daunting. It's stressful. There's a lot of room for improvement. So is that part of the reason why you went into the business to kind of solve some of these issues? Not all of them, but try to solve at least some of them when it comes to travel. Everyone loves going on vacation, taking trips, but the actual companies involved in the travel space pretty much suck from a brand perspective, whether it's like, you know, they just don't care about the experience and, and there's just a big gap for a brand that thinks and talks about travel and experiences the way we travel, the way a lot of you people in the audience probably like to travel. Since we've launched, we've kind of been called, you know, what is the holy grail of marketing buzzwords, a lifestyle brand. And it's because from day one, we've really thought about context and storytelling. If you think about other luggage companies out there, they'll have... Um, imagery that's all about zippers and wheels and materials and doesn't give you any context on what this luggage is supposed to help you do better or what it enables you to do. So from day one, we wanted to take a different approach. I do strongly believe that your journey, which has been not linear, but that your journey is going to be very encouraging and inspiring for our listeners. They might think that they have to have this linear path. First, I do A, then B, then C, and check these boxes. But it's not the case at all with your career, which I find very fascinating. It's been twists and turns. And so if you can give us, for the listeners, just some encouragement on how that process unfolds or that it's okay that it's not this linear progression. I always say it's about being firm in your destination, but flexible in your path. If you like measure success by what you wanted to be like when you were younger or what you studied in college or like what the next step was after your first job, like by all of those measures, like I'm a complete failure. But I think it's just like you have to realize that I, I just like followed my curiosities and um, it wasn't like I there's even people that work it away. Like we have an amazing team. There's like 150 mostly amazing, mostly women. They're all amazing. And sometimes they'll be like, well, I'm really interested in doing this, but I know like the next step after this job is this. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. There's not, it's not like you, you start your career and there's like, here are the next five jobs you have to have. And if that's the way you look at it, you're never going to do what you love. You know, I'd worked my way up in a lot of different companies and always grown businesses for other people. Um, and that was really exciting to see. And, um, really great experiences to learn from, but it kind of instilled, uh, something in me early on where I didn't feel like I could ask for something for, uh, I guess, for fear of rejection um, or just for fear that they would say no. And I think when you set out to start your own business, um, 
you realize that if you don't ask, you're not going to get it anyway. Yeah. Um, so just going out there and um, just really putting ourselves out there. And I think that's how we've been able to partner with, um, you know, not just our manufacturer and our investors, but um, a lot of the brand and celebrity partners that we've worked with. Um, you know, we would go in there and brainstorm, okay, here's our ideal investors, here's our ideal uh, celebrity to do a partnership with. And we're like, okay, let's ask. I mean, if they say no, the, then you, they still won't be your partner. So, so it's worth just asking. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. That is a great one to end on. Unbelievable. So why don't we do this? This is a great takeaway for all of us, all of us listeners, including myself. I'm going to put us out there. We're busy. Our hair's on fire. But let's do this. There's something you've been meaning to ask someone. It might be whatever it might be. It might be a favor. It might be someone has something. You need to have them return it. But you're afraid to ask the question. Go out there and ask for it. And at the end of the day, if they say no, I guarantee I've always found this. I always feel better just because I asked the question. It's almost like when you're dating, oh, I got to ask that boy or that girl out. I got to ask him out. And for months, you're thinking about it. And then you finally do it. And if they say no, you're just proud of yourself. I did it. Now I can move on. I can move on. They said no. I can move on. Man, it's like I've smoked a pack of unfiltered camel cigarettes. I don't know what my voice is doing today, but thanks for hanging in there. But go ask someone that question. We all have it. We're sitting there going, man, I got to ask for that. That thing I've been thinking about for weeks, for months, for years. Go ask. Go ask. You know, it's going to be a no if you don't ask. So why don't you just go ask? You might, you might actually get a yes. More times than not, sometimes you get that yes. If not, then you can move on. So speaking of moving on, I hope you're having a great week. I hope this podcast helped contribute to your week. Again, tune in every week to the Super You Podcast. This is a podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower within all of us. Specifically, we're trying to get tips and tricks and insights to give us all the courage to wear the cape because we are all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. And speaking of superheroes, the superheroes have put together this podcast each and every week. I'm Maritza Gutierrez, Jake Brin, and Kelsey Gomez. I'm your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us. Until next time, please join us on the Super You Podcast. But until next time, it's all about not what you take from the world, it's what you leave behind. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super. Super you. Super.